0: Everybody, welcome back! Oops, he—he's Drew. I'm Ted. Ruby's around here somewhere. This is all chaos. It doesn't matter. This is Mikey's Report with Drew and Ted because he's Drew and I'm Ted. We are two wild and crazy guys. Drewster, how are
1: you? Doing fantastic, Ted. I mean, who wouldn't be after winning the Big Ten championship?
0: You know, first of all, I just—I'm going to get it out of the way. Congratulations! Yeah, uh, you were the better team against uh, against my team, and you went on and beat Iowa. But I mean, who wouldn't have beaten Iowa? They're terrible. <laughs> uh, and you are rightfully in the college football playoff. How are you feeling about facing Alabama? And the the whole Florida State got jobbed, and they threw Alabama in because of SEC and all that stuff.
1: Florida State did get jobbed when it comes to I mean, what are you supposed to do as a college football team? But they also probably look at. We're not going to put a team in there that's going to get their ass kicked by all the rest of them. No, I, yeah. And Florida State had no chance. And I think we both
0: agree they got hosed. Oh, they did, but they're not better than Alabama. They're not even better than Georgia. I I mean, did you imagine if Michigan or Ohio State had gone undefeated, won their conference championship, and then didn't go to college football playoff?
1: I'd have been used to it.
0: NCAA hates us. <laughs> Just like Paul Feinbaum hates us. They're going to hate you even more and they give you the death penalty for cheating. Didn't start winning until you started cheating, but whatever.
1: But only won six games after that, so. Well, <laughs> I feel good about it. I feel good where my team's at. I think the Alabama game is going to be classic. I think it's 50-50, Ted. Alabama's a great team. They got a good shot at beating us because it's their strong points we're pretty weak at, and they got a really good defense. So Michigan's going to have to be on it. To, that's going to be tougher than the other two teams, I think.
0: Alabama's yeah. better than Washington and Texas. I'm going to get this out of the way. I hope Alabama dog walks your team. We are old Big Ten guy, old school Big Ten guys. We're not, we're not into this conference, conference pride, none of that garbage. No. I will say this. I will say this. I think this is the weakest Alabama team Saban has brought to the college football playoff. Let's hope so. And of the three teams besides Alabama, Michigan is the best team and the one most suited, in my opinion, to beat Alabama. So, if And if you do beat Alabama, I think this is like 2014 when, when Ohio State went in. They, it, they had to play Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Nobody thought they'd beat them. Uh, I, th- I think more people this time think Michigan will beat Alabama than Ohio State than people thought Ohio State would beat Michigan back in 2014.
1: But you look at how Alabama beat Georgia. That was pretty sound.
0: But they needed what a fourth and goal from the 30 or whatever it was to beat a six and six Auburn team. Yeah, Alabama did so.
1: They're definitely playing better than they were in the middle of the season. But yeah. uh, I hope
0: yeah. they
1: got their good game out of the way because I've seen Alabama look pretty bad at times this season. Michigan will be ready, they got something to prove getting knocked out of both the last two playoffs. So
0: I think so. That said, I think the marquee game of this college football postseason is the real national championship. Oh yeah, that's taking place in the Cotton Bowl, where oh. Ohio State faces. Hang on, I need to check my notes. Uh, Missouri. Ohio State is facing Missouri. Missouri's gonna beat your team. Well, I can't, nobody cares, man. I don't care.
1: Ohio State's sitting all their players, getting ready for the draft. So Missouri's uh, yeah. probably gonna win. Missouri's
0: not a bad team. I don't. I don't. And I don't care. I. I, I don't care about the. I don't. I mean, look. You come to Ohio State to beat Michigan, win the Big Ten, and go to the college football playoff. And if you don't, your season's a failure. It, I, I, am, am I wrong? Is that is that not Michigan's? I'm
1: surprised Ohio State didn't just say, "Nah, we don't want to play anything." I mean, what, <laughs> who wants to play Missouri in the Cotton Bowl? I mean, come not on, nobody.
0: Dude. I mean, like Kyle McCord is so fired up, he entered the transfer portal
1: three years ago. Ohio State was kicking Michigan's ass, and Harbaugh was about to get fired. Oh yeah. how the worm has turned! Dad.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's wild how it's turned. I, it really is. You know, it's still Ohio State's won 17 of the last 20 or whatever it is. I mean, they've dominated the, the, in the 21st century. But when you lose three in a row to your arch rival, people start asking a lot of serious questions. And every and everybody outside Columbus looks at Ohio State. God, Ryan Day is a great coach, and their only regular season games they've lost in the last couple of years has been Michigan. And they go to great bowl games. No, not doesn't matter. It doesn't beat matter. Michigan, People beat need to Michigan, that. Win the Big Ten, go to the college football playoff. That's all that matters.
1: Both That's of our matters. teams, over the illustrious 50 years we've been watching them, we've seen a lot of coaches on both sides, Cooper all the way down to Lloyd Carr or whatever. We've seen coaches lose just because of this game. We've yes. seen coaches get fired because of this game. Yes. There's a lot on this rivalry.
0: But anyways, congratulations to, to you and Ruby. I hope Michigan gets throttled. But if they do win it all, I will be happy for you and for Ruby and I have a couple other friends that are Michigan fans. Because, you know, it would probably be nice for you to watch to see Michigan win a full national title in your lifetime. Here we go. Full. Here it is. Pack your things. Get out of my building. I mean, my grandsons have been alive to see – well, two of my three grandsons have been alive to see more national titles for Ohio State than, you know, you have in your life. That's wearing thin, Ted. Wearing thin. (laughs) for the Vikings this week, my friend? Well, before we talk about the Vikings, let's talk about our affiliate Purple Pain Forms, Best website on the internet. Go check them out, purplepainforums.com. Great community, great people. Great place to talk Vikings football if you are sick of social media and everything else. Great contest over there. Great original content. You can find our show there if you, for whatever reason, don't want to go to our YouTube channel, which is weird, but whatever. Uh, also, our website, vikingsreport.com, where you can find our prize vault. Ruby and Drew do a great job keeping that up to date and got some great stuff. Yeah, just go check it out. We got links to other shows we've been on in the past. It's, it's it's a really good place. So go check those websites out. What's going on? All right, before we talk about Viking stuff, Drewster, what time is it?
1: Ted? Drew? I'm cooler than you are. Ted, I'm cooler than you are So why don't you fix your little problem Forget about the Cotton Bowl against Missouri Get out to Vegas and light this candle He's right
0: College football sucks, light this candle Yes, resume the countdown. Alright, I'm cooler than you
1: are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle?
0: He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Alright. Drew, you had asked me a question about the Vikings. I want to throw this back on you. What what do you think about the Vikings? A lot of Viking stuff going on, quarterback controversies, losing streaks.
1: Oh. I don't know. The losing streak's the worst of all for me. Yeah, They won five in a row. They're in prime position going into this soft part of their schedule. The Broncos, the Bears, both teams they have to beat. Broncos-Bears in that Tampa Bay game open the year were really bad losses. But yeah. uh, I am still fired up for the Vikings. I'm just disappointed in them the last two weeks they've played. Just like this week, you know, you broke the game down as well. We're going to do our preview here pretty soon. We set up better against the Raiders than the last two weeks. But all that doesn't yeah. matter. You can, you can be statistically better than the other team in all the offensive categories. If you're going to call plays like KOC calls plays, does it really give you an advantage? Are you really at an advantage when your play calling is that vanilla? That and turn the ball over as much. Right. The turnovers plague both these teams. So we're going to get into that a little later. Both these teams are really awful at giving the ball away. I think at this stage of the season, we've, we've patched up 12 games. The Vikings mm-hmm. have played 12 games. Ted, we still don't know what kind of team they can be or how bad they are. I mean, it's three months in and we still don't know because there's so much taken away from each of these games, turnovers. I mean, we should know what, exactly what they're like after three months, and I can't tell you.
0: I, I can't either. You know, it's funny you mentioned when we were talking Ohio State-Michigan stuff, you said, you know, three years ago, Harbaugh was on the verge of getting fired. Ohio State was, you know, kind of running the table and all that, and my, how the worm has turned. I kind of put that on the Vikings Just this season, though. I mean, look, they got the 4-4. and Kirk got hurt. Josh Dobbs comes in, has these three really good games. You know, the Vikings get to, what, 6-4. and And they're through the toughest part of their schedule other than the two Detroit games left. And you're like, man, this team, three weeks ago, we were looking at this team as a realistic shot to win the division. Right. Now they still control their own destiny. As of today, they have the sixth seed in the NFC. But you're looking at the remaining schedule, and you're like, man, are they even going to make the playoffs now?
1: Yeah, compared to that team from Wisconsin schedule, they got cupcake schedule the rest of the way.
0: They do, and you know Jordan Love looks like he might have actually finally figured it out. He's played well the last two or three games. And you know when you go back, when you go to go back to that game in Lambeau back in October, whenever it was, when Kirk got hurt, Jordan Love looked terrible. The Packers looked done. They looked like the mid 1970s version of the Packers. And you thought to yourself, you know, if the Vikings can just figure it out and get a quarterback, they might be going places. And now. You know, who knows? You got Dobbs, you got Nick Mullins, you got Jaron Hall. One of those three guys is going to start Sunday for the Raiders.
1: You know, what? it's pretty easy for me, Ted. I hearken back to the great Denny Green. We all remember Denny Green. Oh, how can, you not, how can you not remember Denny Green? Denny Green, they used to ask him in a quarterback controversy. Two guys, three guys. He taught me something that's very simple by listening to him. We're going to play the best guy who gives us a chance to win. You don't need to convolute it with all the statistics and this and that. You look at all three guys, the head coach, and you say, you pick the quarterback that gives you the best chance to win. That's what you do. And I think that's Dobbs right now. It's pretty simple, Ted. I I do think it's Dobbs. Okay. I think Dobbs' game started going downhill when KOC stuck his nose in there and tried to change his game. That's like a player that hits 60 home runs because he's got a weird batting stance, and then you change it and he hits 15. Leave him alone. We talked about it when Dobbs took over, Ted. You have to let the quarterback, whether it's Cousins, J.J. McCarthy, McCord, Dobbs, whatever, you have to let him do what he does best. Yeah, Dobbs's best momentum in a game is off-scripted plays. It is. Yep. And that Chicago game and the Denver game, he stayed in the pocket all night.
0: And that Atlanta and New Orleans game was Josh Dobbs at his absolute best. Why change him? Yeah, I don't know. And, you know, it really kind of came to – to fruition, I guess, if you will, on that Monday night game against the Bears, where Dobbs just, either the Bears did a great job of keeping him contained in the pocket, and they they did a couple times, but I agree with you that Kevin O'Connell said, no, I, I want you to be more of a drop-back pocket quarterback, and you took away, I would argue, more than half of what makes Josh Dobbs so dangerous.
1: A couple passes he had against the Bears, maybe two or three, not only were they overthrown and incomplete, he didn't look comfortable throwing them. No, he didn't. He didn't have the body language of having any confidence. I think with certain quarterbacks, you have to make pocket guys that are pocket guys. I think with Josh Jobs, you could certainly have him stay in the pocket, try to have him stay in the bucket. But if you el- eliminate
0: his playmaking outside the pocket, which it's, I don't know what's happened. but Yeah. And they didn't really seem to do a whole lot of that in the Bears game. You know, you go back to the Atlanta and the Saints game, even the design, a lot of the design plays the Vikings had for him were, were kind of rollout options, and I thought he found a lot of success there. And I can only remember off the top of my head one, maybe two times they had those designed rollout plays for him to use. And I, I don't know. I just it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. You know what, Ted, it's almost overthinking it. When he came into that
1: Atlanta yeah. game between Dobbs and O'Connell he just said, go do whatever you can do. <laughs> it's the middle of the game. I yeah. don't have a plan. And so Dobbs says, all right, I'm just going to be myself. And he was electric that day. He was. He sure was. Now that he's been in the Vikings, but close to a month, Kevin O'Connell has sunk his quarterback teeth into him, told him, all right, we're going to change it around now. And I'm going to make you who you want to be. Go back to just do whatever you want to do. Yeah. I think Jaron Hall is a good quarterback. I think Mullins is a good quarterback. But I think. Josh Dobbs gives the Vikings the best chance to win. Your defense also gives you the best chance to win. Your lousy ass play calling is keeping you from what did they score the last two weeks, Ted?
0: 20 and then 10 10 against, against one of the worst defenses in the league.
1: 10, Ted.
0: And the Vikings defense, if I'm correct, they've only given up one touchdown the last two games, right? Two. Two. The Broncos had two touchdowns? Okay. Yes,
1: I believe so. They had 21 points. We've said it all along. Defense has played well enough to have 11 wins right now, 10 or 11 wins. I mean, they've kept yeah, they them in do. all the games.
0: And I don't blame that loss on the defense, even though they gave up that drive at the end of the game. No. I blame that on that absolutely cowardly play calling the Vikings' last drive. Run, run, screen pass. They get one yard on three plays and then punted the ball back to the Bears. Terrible punt by Ryan Wright. I looked at my grandson. We were there we were there at the game. I looked at my grandson. I'm like, what do you think? He's like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> you got to go for the win when you have a chance, yeah. Ted. I mean, you come do. on.
0: The Vikes played not to lose that game. They
1: dug themselves a hole these last two weeks. You can't be at home and score 10 against the Bears. You no.
0: can't. You can't go two and four at home up to this point either. With the home schedule the Vikings have had up to this point. What you had asked me. Who would I start? And I think I would go with Jaron Hall. If you want to tell me Josh Dobbs to start Josh Dobbs, then let's come to an agreement that if he starts off as shaky as he did against the Bears, you pull him.
1: Sure. Okay. I'll, I'll agree to that. I still think because of the experience and mobility, his experience gives us a better chance of winning than having a guy learning out there.
0: He does, yeah. Why do you think Hall would be better in there? Because Hall's, Hall flashed. Now, now, granted, it is an extremely small sample size. I. Get it. He didn't look great in preseason. He had a couple of moments in preseason, but that was nothing. He had that one really impressive drive against the Falcons, and then he got hurt, and then Dobbs came in and did his thing. Josh Dobbs was, I don't know, going to say the clock struck midnight for Cinderella. I mean, he had those two really amazing games, and then he just sort of came back to earth, and and he's had, what, five interceptions in the last two games? Because he's not a pocket quarterback. I mean, he's turned the ball
1: over a lot. Jaron Hall turned it over on his first snap against the Packers. So.
0: Oh, well, yeah. And Dobbs, the book has kind of been written on him. I mean, sure. he's he's an athletic guy, can make some plays, can make some great throws, but they are all balanced out by the amount of turnovers he has historically had. Nick Mullins is a, a guy with a, a very high floor, very low ceiling. I mean, Nick Mullins is a, is a traditional backup quarterback in the nfl he can come in and play good for a game or two but then he sort of tends to become a backup quarterback and play like a backup quarterback like josh Dobbs has Jared hall's flashed and the vikings are going to have a lot of questions to answer in the offseason with the roster sure. who are they going to resign who are they going to let go you know we'll, we'll have conversations about Kirk cousins and daniel hunter and are they going to assign Justin Jefferson to an extension? And all of that, we'll, we'll talk all about that. we got all offseason to talk about that. But if Jaron Hall can come in and play well, now maybe you don't need to go draft a quarterback in the first round, which is sort of the theory that most everybody has about the Vikings. They need to take a quarterback to replace Kirk, whether Kirk comes back or not. They're going to need a replacement for him in the very near future. Well, if Jaron Hall comes in and plays well, maybe they don't need to get a quarterback in the first round. Maybe they can wait till the fourth round, or whatever it is they want to do and address other priorities, depending upon how offseason and, and free agency go. And if you have a guy with more potential talent than guys that have a known quantity about them, I would think, based on how he practices and all that other stuff, I, I get all that. Sure. I, I think I would go with Jaron Hall. I think I would.
1: I kind of think that uh, if they pull Dobbs, they would go with Mullins. Do you? I'd rather see Jaron Hall, but you talk about Mullins, and I know I watched our buddy Tyler Forno with the hair. good hair. He's pretty knowledgeable on this football stuff. He wants to see Mullins start because, like you said, he's already seen, knows what Dobbs is. Mm -hmm. I don't want that because at this stage we're in the playoff hunt. Mm -hmm. You don't want a guy coming in, well, it's going to take him a couple games to get used to the offense. We don't have time for that. There's only five games left, dude. Yeah, and he's been on
0: IR too. So I disagree with having him start the game against the Raiders. I do. Well, let me ask you this then about you don't have time to get comfortable with the offense and and the players and all that. Hall's been in this offense and and playing with this team since he got drafted. And what, Josh Dobbs came to the the Vikings at the trade deadline. So what? It would have been end of October, October 31st or whatever it was. So he's only been with the team for two months. Because Dobbs is a veteran, do you think he has learned the offense as well as – Darren Hall has. Technically, no. But what he has learned is he's seen more
1: on the football field of all the games he's played in. Uh, Okay. All right. That goes a long way compared to how much video you watch, how how well you look at the playbook and know where receivers are supposed to be. Who's supposed to be in pre-motion movement? Where's your running back supposed to be? what, What blocking scheme are you in? You can look at all that stuff, go over it with the coaches, but there's something to be said for being out on the field and playing been on a lot of teams he's seen a lot of football and i don't understand his turnover problem the thing i don't understand about the turnovers with dobbs he was doing this back at tennessee Mm -hmm. 53 touchdowns 28 picks which is way way too many that at tennessee then he got to pittsburgh and and, you know the browns and the cardinals it's been the same turnover problem with that guy everywhere he's been since 2017 and i know there's been a plethora of coaches to tell him you got to stop doing that. And he can't. So that's who he is. That's not going to change.
0: I agree with you there. I kind of thought when he first came to the Vikings that the talent he had on this team compared to other teams he has been in the past would help alleviate that. And I, I kind of was right for seven quarters. I mean, after that two turnovers in Atlanta, he played turnover-free football, and then it just has come back.
1: I think it's a fact of just letting him be himself. I really do.
0: Now, we are recording earlier in the week, and the Vikings have announced that they will name their starting quarterback on Wednesday. So, as of this recording, we are unaware. But so you're going, I'm going with Dobbs, too. I think it's going to be Dobbs. I would prefer Jaron Hall, but I I also believe it's going to be Josh Dobbs who gets the start. But I will hope that he will be on a short leash. That if, you know, the Vikings' offense struggles like they did against the Bears and he has a couple turnovers in the first half, that he would get sat down and be it Mullins or be it Jaron Hall, somebody else comes in to maybe give this offense a spark because they cannot afford to lose another football game.
1: No, they cannot. And I will say this about Jaron Hall. If you do want to start him, this is the team to start him against. Yeah. The Raiders are terrible. And they're terrible on offense also, so give you a lot of chances with possession. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it stands. The bottom line is we've got three backup quarterbacks,
0: and so we need to get a franchise guy. We do. So, yeah, the Vikings really need to figure it out. These last five games, I think they have to win at least four of them to guarantee a playoff spot. I mean, when you look at how the other teams have done this past weekend, the Vikings still control their own destiny, but there are teams rapidly closing the gap on them.
1: Well, if they're 8-4, and win the last two weeks, it certainly would have a little bit more wiggle room now, wouldn't it? Yeah,
0: it would have. Anything else you want to talk about, brother? Yeah, I would talk about Michigan. We're done. It was a great show. Thanks, folks. Drive safe. Before we get to the Raiders, though, we need to post our Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team results. Toots has won again. No way. I don't want to say I took the week off, but I let Ryan Day coach my fantasy team, and I didn't even get 50 points. Ladies and gentlemen, Ted had a Ted week. (laughs) Just came up with that. I had to repeat it. Uh, back in the third place, Drew once again finished second. Yep, you get two points for my team. Yep, but this week I think I have picked out. I picked out a winner, Bobby. For Christ's sake, you're hanging on to McCaffrey. When are you going to use him? Eh, you know, got you gotta, you gotta you use get all get stuff strategically. Yeah, probably You hurt. All right, so as always, uh, Ruby's going to put our teams up on the board. Put your pick on who you think is going to win in the comment section down here below. Not anywhere else on social media. Not on Facebook. Not on X or Twitter. Not on our webpage. Only in the comments down here below. Ruby, put up! All right, so that is our fantasy football picks for the week. We're going to cut out to Las Vegas right now and get a hold of Robert <laughs> W. Farnsworth to introduce yeah. this week's game. So stand by. Hello, everybody. Robert W. Farnsworth here. This week, I'm down on the Leck Purple Warriors, board the Bugsy Seagull Express to Sin City, Las Vegas to take on Antonio Pierce, Aiden McDonald, and the Dastardly Oakland. No, wait, I mean Los Angeles. No, wait, I mean Oakland. No, wait, I mean Las Vegas Raiders. Will the Vikings hit a jackpot, or will they roll snake eyes? We'll find out. (laughs) 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 Oakland, L.A., back to Oakland. Christ's sake, they've moved nine times. So, as always, we'll slide off to the side here. Ruby will put up our uh, not-quite-so-patented, but our big board. And as always, we start with quarterback, and we end up with our favorite subject, intangibles. And those are? it's Stuff you can't see, son. Just shut up and watch TV. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, we start with quarterback. Let's just assume it's going to be Josh Dobbs, at least, to start the game. They got Aiden O'Connell going for the Raiders. You know, the Raiders... They're five and seven. They're last in the AFC West. They have been a dysfunctional mess for almost, what, 20 years now, at least. They went to the Super Bowl, I think it was in 2002. They got rolled by Tampa Bay, and they have just been kind of a hot mess ever since. I mean, they just, they go through coaches and quarterbacks more than my dog goes through chew toys, man. It's just, they can't figure it out. No, it's it's unbelievable. You know, they fired Josh McDaniel. They fired John Gruden. They're paying, I don't know, a jillion dollars to coaches not on the payroll right now. And now they've got an interim coach at Antonio Pierce. To Antonio Pierce's credit, the Raiders have played much better. They've gone two and two since he took over. But Aiden O'Connell, I don't think he's very good. I, I just I just don't. If Josh Dobbs, assuming he starts, is, is on his game, I'm picking the Vikings here.
1: It was pretty easy for me to give the check mark to Josh Dobbs. First off, the Garoppolo thing, what a mess that's been. Yeah. I mean, didn't you get that guy to be your franchise quarterback? You did. Between him and Josh McDaniels, they're about as screwed up as a soup sandwich. (laughs) Pierce went to O'Connell. I watched a lot of O'Connell at Purdue because he's a Big Ten player. I watched the Big Ten pretty closely. Solid quarterback, but he's not elite, Ted. He has a tendency to turn the ball over, as you see. Four TDs, six interceptions. I think the Vikings lost some shots there. He's not very mobile. In six games this season, he has nine rushing yards. That's better than Matt Asiata,
0: but it's the only one he can beat. Yeah, but Matt Asiata would have had six touchdowns. I think (laughs) (laughs) – to
1: Los Angeles, back to Oakland. (laughs) I think Flores should be able to bait him into some mistakes. I do too, yeah. And that's what Michigan did. Two years ago, he played in the Big Ten Championship against Michigan. Mm Mm-hmm. And they baited him into mistakes then. He doesn't protect the ball very well, either in the pocket or throwing the ball. The Vikings have a definite advantage at quarterback, but I'll give the old asterisk to every one of these things. If you're going to call crappy plays on offense, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. Yeah. If you're going to take advantage, take advantage. But checkmark Dobbs, checkmark the Vikings. What do you
0: got for the running game, Drewster? Who are you picking there? Dude, the Raiders are at the bottom of the league in rush offense. They are actually worse than the Vikings. (laughs) they're
1: 30 30- believe that they are 31st in the league at rushing the football at what 82 yards a game
0: 82
1: stopping the run they're not much better no josh jacobs although he's having a down season can be a running back that could i don't want to say win you a game but he is a good player he
0: seems like a guy that could be a bell cow back
1: yes yes any week of the season he's having like i said he's having a down year this year but we saw what he did last year he had 1500 yards or something he's still a dangerous running back vikings in my opinion ted the difference here is they have a much stronger offensive line when it comes to running the football with the strength of the offensive line over the raiders i think that gives us a, uh, also an advantage with the running game so i'd like to see more of chandler this week yeah but uh Vikings get the run game. The Raiders, are, they can't run the football, man. I mean, okay. besides, who's the next guy after Josh Jacobs? Who is it? Todd Christensen? Yeah, I don't know.
0: Napoleon McCallum? I, I, I... <laughs> Mark Van Egan? Mark Van Egan. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny King? Who is it? Cass Panisak or Pete Panisak? Pete Panisak. <laughs> that's beautifully done, Ted. Oh, that's how's that for a throwback name. That is a throwback guy. I'm going to pick the Vikings here simply because they are the lesser of two evils. And we talked about this earlier. If the Vikings allow Josh Dobbs to play his full game, as in run when he feels like he needs to take off and run, the Vikings have a clear advantage here running the football, if you count Josh Dobbs. So I'm I'm going to pick the Vikings as well. We both give them the check then. Yes. Receiving game. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Justin Jefferson returns. He's been out, what, six games? Seven games? Six games, I think. He got hurt in the end of that Kansas City game, right? Two, three, four, five, yeah. Seven games. He has missed the last seven games. And he has a very weird statistic. Because one of the receivers that sort of were supposed to pick up the slack in his absence is one K.J. Osborne. Right. Guess how many catches... K.J. Osborne has this year, Drew? 12? I mean, I don't know. 36. Guess how many catches Justin Jefferson has this year, Drew? More than 36. <laughs> 36. They have the exact same amount of catches, and that's my tasty, tasty tidbit. That is a tasty
1: tidbit. Plus, I also see today that Justin Jefferson still ranked 20th, and
0: even though all the other receivers in the league have played <laughs> twice as many games. <laughs> so yeah, That's a good tasty tidbit, Ted. You know, I'm kind of okay with starting Josh Dobbs with Justin Jefferson back. I mean, you've got the Vikings have their full complement of receivers back finally after seven games. You've got Jordan Addison, who, played, who has played very well and stepped up in Jefferson's absence. You've got TJ Hawkinson, who has 80 catches on the year, and this is tasty tidbit number two. Yeah. He has 11 more catches than the Raiders' number one receiver, Devontae Adams. <laughs> Devontae Adams has 69 catches for 814 yards. Hawkinson has 80 catches for 786 yards. So T.J. Hawkinson is as good as Devontae Adams this year, which should tell you how bad the Raiders quarterbacks have been.
1: Devontae Adams has 28 more yards than Hawkinson. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, with an 11-yard average, you're not going to get much. No. And then, you know, you've got Jacoby Myers, who I think is a very good wide receiver two for the Raiders. I I think he's a a good player. But with Justin Jefferson back and healthy, you got K.J. Osborne, Addison. I, I hope Brandon Powell still sees the field a fair amount. I would actually, I would make an argument here because, what, Osborne has 36 catches, Powell has 25 playing basically in four less games than him. Right. I think you can make an argument that J.J. is wide receiver one, Addison two, Powell three and then Osborne. For I mean, Osborne just has not been productive this year. I'm picking the Vikings here, even though Devontae Adams is, is clearly a, a fantastic wide receiver. They're, they're one, two. Their 1-2 combo is good in terms of Myers and, and Adams, but you look at the Vikings, their top two wide receivers are better. TJ Hawkinson is just leagues above just about any other tight end in the league. I'm going with the Vikings here.
1: I am going with the Vikings also, Ted. Those are great tasty tidbits. I can't outdo those tidbits. Glad I said that slowly so I didn't mess it up. (laughs) This will be the 16th time that that Devontae Adams has played the Vikings. His first time with the Raiders playing the Vikings. All time against the Vikings, 93 catches, 1,050 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Jeez, just
0: killed us, hadn't he?
1: But his last year with Carr, he had 100 catches for 1,500 yards and 14 touchdowns. Mm. His numbers are nowhere near that this year. As a matter of fact, if you look at his targets... He has 50 incompletions on his target list. Does he really? Yeah, he's caught like 49 or something. Or 69. 6'9", 69, and he has 118 targets. So there's a big variance in there. I mean, I don't think he had that with the Packers at all. No, not
0: with Rodgers. No way.
1: So there's a lot more missed targets, which means a lot more frustration. He has had some big games against the Vikings, but this is a whole different thing. Yeah. With the Raiders quarterback situation they have now. I agree with the Vikings getting the check mark here. Who is the Raiders tight
0: end? Uh, I want to say it's Michael Myers, the uh, psychopathic killer from the Halloween movie. <laughs> it's not Todd Christensen? No, it's not Todd Christensen. It's not Dave Casper? It's not Dave Casper. It's not Darren Waller. <laughs> all right. So, offensive line. Who do you got for the O line?
1: Oh, Vikings all the way, Ted.
0: Yeah. Raiders' offensive line is bad.
1: The Raiders offensive line is once again a mess. Mm-hmm. And one of my, I was going to save it for my summer, but I'll say it now. One of the advantages the Vikings are going to have is Hunter. Hunter on the edge. The right tackles for the Raiders are Thayer Munford and Jermaine Louis Manure. Either guy, both guys are biding to be the starting right tackle for the Raiders in 2024. So they're like playing each guy to see who's better. Hunter's going to eat both those guys for lunch. Hunter's going to have three sacks this Sunday. Because these guys can't block him. Unless they chip him, they can't block him. Look for Hunter to have a huge day this week, Ted. Yeah. So on that, and I think the Vikings O-line, the Vikings O line has something to prove. I like the Vikings O-line. They get my check mark.
0: Same here. You go up and down the line from left tackle over to right tackle, even though you said correctly uh, Neil Derisol even struggled a little bit last week, too. That the Vikings offensive line is just better at every position. I'm, I'm going to give it to the Vikings as well. Front seven. So, Anthony Barr played a fair amount last week. He recovered a fumble. The Vikings front seven, man, they are playing lights-out football. Yes. Brian Flores is coming up with one of the most creative, diverse defenses I have ever watched. And I'm not talking about just the Vikings. I mean, he, he has got, other than a couple of really standout players in Hunter and Harrison Smith, just guys that were just guys at the beginning of the year and he's got them playing as a collective unit at an incredible level. Now, on the Raiders' side, you got Max Crosby, who I would take in a heartbeat. Oh. He's, he's one of the best players in the NFL, regardless of what team or position he plays.
1: I think he's the best defensive end in the NFL.
0: He, yeah, he very well could be. But you look at the other guys that they have. I mean, look, they're what 25th in the NFL in, in yards given up per game. They don't create a lot of turnovers. I, I like the Vikings here. I, I, think, I think they're better.
1: Their rushing defense is 25th of the league. The Vikings' rush defense is, what, 7th? So we're looking a lot better on the rush defense. I like the Vikings' front seven better because I like – they're more athletic, and I think Brian Flores has finally got them to all know their roles. They're rolling to the football better. They're making better tackling. They just seem like – the front seven of the Vikings is, is probably the best group right now. Yeah. I mean, it'd be hard to argue against that, wouldn't it?
0: I would agree, yeah, yeah.
1: You better make sure O'Neill is ready for Max Crosby. Yeah. Because if Montez Sweats beats you, Max Crosby's going to annihilate you. Because he's better than Montez Sweats. So if you have to get a tight end over there to help out, it's probably good that he got owned a game before he has to play Max Crosby. Because O'Neill doesn't usually, I haven't seen O'Neill get owned like that in a,
0: ever. Yeah, I don't think so. That was his worst game as a pro.
1: So you better keep track of what Max Crosby's doing. But that's about all they got, Ted. Everybody else is shuffling in and out. Spillane is a great linebacker tackling. I think he's missed like two tackles all season. He leads the team in tackles with 105 for the Raiders. Really solid player, but nobody else in there is a really elite defender. The Vikings get my check mark for front seven.
0: Yeah, me too. And Mickey Spillane is a great detective writer too. Oh, no, wait, I'm (laughs) sorry. You meant Robert Spillane. My bad. Not to be confused (laughs) with the great Mickey Spillane. (laughs) What do you got for secondary, amigo?
1: I got the Vikings having a huge advantage. This is what I got for them. The Vikings are going to have a huge advantage over there because Marcus Peters is gone. They got rid of him. Their best corner. The yeah. Raiders do not have their best corner anymore. He didn't like the team. They didn't like him. They got rid of him. That puts Ameek Robertson as their number one corner. Number one corner is probably going to be on JJ. Now, you have Nate Hobbs in there. I've been hearing from my Viking insider this week that Jack Jones – the guy they got from the Patriots is going to be starting. Really? Whether it's Hobbs or Jones. Jones is very unfamiliar with the Raiders' system. They just got him off waivers. Who's ever on Jack Jones? Probably get a heavy load of the passing attack, which would be Addison. The Raiders are going to have a problem at corner. Whether KOC takes advantage of it, Ted, you tell me. Because he doesn't seem to take advantage of the mismatches he gets during the season. Not he a doesn't. lot.
0: Not not recently,
1: no. I wanted to give the Raiders the checkmark, but I can't because... With J.J. coming back, they're going to have their hands full. If the Vikings have any success on the ground, they're going to have huge success in the air. I would hope so. So the Vikings, in my eyes, get a double check mark almost for the for the uh, secondary. What do you got?
0: Vikings as well. You look at, you know, Caleb Evans has, has been, been hurt. Makai Blackman has played very well. I think he's the second highest rated cornerback, rookie cornerback for PFF this year. You look at Harrison Smith and having just a, a, a kind of a renaissance here. Josh Petellus, Cam Bynum, the Vikings' secondary is just playing great. Do we have the best safety group in the league? It would be hard to find a better one. I mean, look, Harrison Smith is playing well. Cam Bynum is, is playing a lot better than he did last year. And like Josh Patellis, I, I know he's your Michigan boy. He is unbelievably having, he's having an unbelievable season. He's having a better season this year than he did for Michigan. I would argue he's having the best season of all three, and all three of them are having very good years.
1: You know, it's kind of cool, Ted. I heard Flores say about Metellus, he's very responsive to coaching. He's like one of those guys that you love to coach because he he understands football, and he is certainly showing it.
0: Yeah, just about every week. He is a difference maker on that defense for sure. Red zone. Vikings. I'm giving it to the Vikings. And it's usually hard for me to give the red zone advantage to the Vikings. But then I look over at the Raiders. And they're 27th on offense and they're 27th on defense. They're right. in <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> they're consistent, but it's consistently bad. And the Vikings aren't great on offense, but I think they have an advantage on offense with Josh Dobbs being able to run and use his legs if KOC lets him. And the and the Vikings defense defensive red zone has gone up to ninth. I mean, I, another top ten ranking for this Vikings defense. I just, man, do whatever you got to do to keep Ryan Flores here at least another year after this year. So I give it. I'm giving the check mark to the Vikings there.
1: The Vikings all the way, offense, defense, every red zone you could come up with, Ted. Every kind of red zone angle you could look at. Mm-mm, we're good. <laughs> we're all good. we're all good in the red zone. All right. Special teams. Hmm. This might have to be my. First check mark for the Raiders. The Raiders, Ted. What about Al Davis, Ted? <laughs> Just win, baby. Al Davis at the team meetings they used to have in the 70s. Yeah. They show up at the hotel. They're all sitting in the U-shaped meetings. And there's Charger owner, Klein. <laughs> there's Joe Klein, whatever. He waves to Al. Al goes, Gene <laughs> Klein. Gene, Gene Klein. Klein. yep, yep. Um, I have the Raiders. Daniel Carlson's a better kicker than, than Joseph. He is. Mm-hmm. I don't even need to give you any numbers. He's hit all of his extra points. That tells me he's better. <laughs> <laughs> A.J. Cole, this is interesting. A.J. Cole has a 51-yard average, and he's knocked 22 punts out inside the 20, Gee. which means they're playing that field position game and using A.J. Cole to do that. I think that leads the league. I mean, Wright has nine inside the 20. We probably don't punt as much as the Raiders do, but Wright hasn't... He's kind of tailing off a little bit. He's not having that magic season he had last year. Yeah, He's not. Both teams aren't going to kill you in the return game. I think they both average about 10 yards of punt return. So if it just came down to kicking and punting and, you know, your your coverage teams, I'm probably going to give that to the Raiders.
0: Yeah, I am too. Same here. Daniel Carlson, infamously cut from the Vikings in 2018 after he missed... Three field goals in week two against Green Bay and would have what a won him a game, and they ended up tying. just right. cut him, and he, he went on signed by the Raiders. I don't think he's missed a kick since. <laughs> 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 he's actually he's missed he's missed four or five field goals, which I think is a career high for him. He's down year for Daniel Carlson, but still better than Greg Joseph. Uh, everything you said about punting is is spot on. Uh, I'm giving my check mark to the autumn wind is a Raider. The Raiders. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm giving it to the Raiders, too.
1: And it could come down to a field goal, knowing how we coach games.
0: Yeah, it sure could. Speaking of coaching, you got KOC Matt Daniels and Brian Flores against an interim head coach who's gone 2-2 and since the head coach got fired. You got an interim offensive coordinator in uh, Bo Hardegree, which is not to be confused with Bo and his brother Luke Duke.
1: Or Bo Schembeckler.
0: or Bo Schembeckler. and then defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. Look, for all his faults, Kevin O'Connell's had this year, and we've talked about him in the opening segment. Uh, Matt Daniels and Brian Flores have been really great for this team. I said earlier I really like how the the Raiders have responded to Antonio Pierce. I would like to think he would get a realistic shot to become the permanent head coach. That said, I'm I'm going to give the the coaching check mark to the Vikings here.
1: If you can't out-coach an interim head coach and an interim offensive coordinator and some guy named Patrick Half-Graham, then I don't know really. I, I think the Raiders did make a good move here. The players didn't like Josh McDaniels. Pierce is a player's coach all the way. Mm-hmm. He's a big player's coach. Well, he's a football player. Josh McDaniels is a moron. They respect him a lot more. They play harder for Pierce. He was 2-0 and with the Raiders when he took over. He's now 2-2, so he's lost a couple. But this team plays harder for him, and they play more disciplined for him. I'll give it to KOC, but if he doesn't change his offensive play calling, we're going to lose another
0: game. And what was the fascination with Josh McDaniels throughout NFL circles? And, like, with Belichick assistants as a whole, I can't recall one Bill Belichick assistant from his staff in New England going on and having success elsewhere. Maybe I'm wrong, and I'm just not thinking of a of a guy. Who was the doofus uh, for the Lions, Patricia, Matt, Patricia, right? Got put his, put his little hat, put his pencil in his hat. Uh, you just need respect, Love that bit respect. Uh, where is he? I think he's working at a, a Safeway, maybe an Amway, maybe he's an Amway so no, I don't know. <laughs> Charlie Weiss, Charlie with the big Weiss. pooch, <laughs> yeah. And and now McDaniel. I mean, like in McDaniel, he sucked in Denver, and then remember he took the Colts job and then backed out. Like after he started hiring assistants.
1: Look at Al Davis's kid's haircut, and then you'll know why he hired Josh McDaniel. No, there you go.
0: That's all you need. Terrible. Yeah. Just Mark a terrible Davis, hire. What do you got for awful. intangibles, Ted? All right. For me, yeah, I, I got for the Vikings, don't be afraid to make a quarterback change. Whoever starts needs to start out strong and play well, not turn the ball over, run the offense. Whoever starts, if they don't do that, your playoff life is on the line here. You have got to win this game and I would not hesitate to make a change that that is my big intangible for the Vikings for the Raiders this is a different team under Antonio Pierce but they are still bad the Vikings have had a week to prepare they've had a bye if they come out and look flat and bad against a bad football team with two weeks to prepare I'm not saying fire Kevin O'Connell and none of that stuff but they're there needs to be a serious amount of soul-searching in that locker room.
1: So you're giving the intangibles to the Vikings? I am.
0: Yeah, I am.
1: I am going to give it to the Vikings also, but I want them to be wary of one thing. If McDaniel still was the head coach, this is a team the season's over. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like the head coach, they're going to quit playing. And the Vikings mm-hmm. are going to win by 35, 40 points. Because so, they would yeah. have given up. Yep. The fact that Pierce is there, they can play the spoiler. They're at home. They too are coming off a of bye. I think they get the intangible for wanting to be the spoiler, and Pierce getting them fired up, fired up in that sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you got for a summary, Yonner? Get rid of the big board there. Slide back to the middle. I hope the Vikings come out and play desperate because it's, it's desperation time. You know, we talked about them being kind of sitting pretty three weeks ago, 6-4. and four, Looked like they had an answer at quarterback for Kirk after Kirk went out injured, and now, three weeks later, they're, they've they lost two very winnable games to two, I would argue, teams that are not as good as the Vikings, and now they are in a, they're in a tight spot. So I, I hope they play with a sense of urgency. I hope they play with a sense of desperation, and I hope they play like they're the third monkey trying to get on the arc. So <laughs> if they do that, they'll win.
1: How you feeling? Bikes come out on top on this
0: one? I am, yeah. For whatever reason, they seem to play better on the road. They're 4-2 and two on the road this year. They're 2-4 and four at home. So, I, yeah, I, I think they'll, they'll get it figured out and come out of Vegas with a couple of slot machine jackpots and a win.
1: I think they come out okay in this game, Ted, because like you said, they're on the road. They seem to play a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, weird. They haven't given the home fans a lot to cheer about this year.
0: No, they haven't. Although my grandson had a great time at the Bears game. though. So it was cool.
1: He did, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he did. It was a lot of fun.
1: Good job, Grayson.
0: All right, so that's it for our preview. We're not doing trivia this week. We're kind of expediting so we can get this thing out on time. Come join us after the game Sunday. Vikings are the late game this week, so we'll be on as soon as the Vikings and Raiders go to a final score. For me, I'll try to do better the next time. Brother, you're awesome. Ruby is even more awesome with all the editing and stuff she does to make us look smart, but uh, why don't you take us home? Ted, we really need that
1: victory this week. We do. We're going to get a victory. We're going to have a happy chat room because we see seen when the Vikings lose, the chat room
0: is not happy. Not a, not a good place.
1: We'll talk to you after the game. Ted, you do a great job on this show. And too bad about Ohio State. I feel bad about it.
0: No, you don't. <laughs> Say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted. <laughs> Cotton balls.
1: I got a quick story about Dave Casper. Okay. I was like 14. I went to a football camp. Dave Casper, Tony Franklin, the kicker. Yeah, from the Eagles. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, I got to be really good friends with Tony Franklin. He was a really great guy. But Casper. Showed up on the second day instead of the first day. Just hung over as hell. He shows up. (laughs) You know Dave Casper, dude. He shows up at his football camp. There's like 10 other players there. And they're not top tier players. They're like, you know, you know how the football camps are. Uh He shows up. He's got this Hawaiian shirt on and cargo shorts. And the Hawaiian shirt is unbuttoned all the way down. (laughs) He looked like a a hobo, but he smelled like booze. (laughs) And he's sitting on the grass like this, not helping any of the kids. One kid asked him something. He said, shut up, you little bastard. (laughs) (laughs) And the people in charge asked him to leave. (laughs) Kids are going, we love Dave Casper.
0: <laughs> we want to be Dave Casper
1: when he gets older. It was it was the funniest thing you'd ever say. I didn't even care about the camp at that point. I was laughing, dude. But how, old, how old were you? I was, I think, 14 Okay. when I went nice. to that. So it was like 79 or 78. And he was, it's before he went from the Raiders like, to the Oilers. He's going to the Oilers. Yep. He was on the downhill slide. He wasn't the guy he was in
0: 76. Okay, yeah, and then he finished his career with the Vikings.
1: Yeah, he was in seventy-six he was a top tight end in the league.
0: Yeah, well he scored a touchdown against the Vikings in the Super Bowl, too.
1: He comes walking in from his car. <laughs> that Hawaiian shirt though, man, and he reeked of wild turkey. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs>